Our topic for today is learning from life's early seasons. Say learning Learning. from life's early seasons. Now, for those of you who don't know me, I'm an old school teacher, taught high school for a while, and then even taught elementary school in a high school, public school, high school, and then taught elementary school in a, in a private school. And so I'm a, a school teacher in nature. I don't have any kind of strong uh, preacherness on me. And you know, some of those women, when it's a female preacher, it's like, oh, she's going to really go in. This is about as go in as I'm going to go. <laughs> Because I'm a teacher, and uh, and I felt I felt a little pressure for a while that I had to convert into this other person. You know, if I'm in the classroom, I can just talk. But if I came up here, you know, it's like people like to really pay me any attention because I don't have all that fire like you know those female preachers do. And God said, "Well, I called you, so you be you." So I tell people, "Okay, if you don't like my communication style, just." complain to God because God told me I was okay. So just wanted to give you some heads up on it. But we're learn from le- learning from life's early seasons. We're in a beautiful season in, here in Savannah in that we actually came out of a winter, and we don't usually have a winter uh, season, but we came out of a winter and even with snow on the ground for two whole days, and it was just absolutely amazing. And now we're getting ready to transition into our beautiful spring. And we've already had our dogwood trees to bloom, and now we're, getting, we're starting to see the azaleas coming out, and it's a beautiful transition in seasons. Well, God designed our lives to also process in seasons, that as you get older and older and older, you're supposed to learn a principle, you should grow, and then you mature. Then you learn a principle, you grow and mature. So your life should also be a life of seasons. So I thought if I could name um, how many the various general seasons that we have, um, I named them as childhood, adulthood, and senior years. Now, most people understand the concept of, of childhood because you think in terms of minors, anyone is considered as a minor, you would have them in childhood and adulthood. But Diane, why did you split uh, adulthood and senior years? It's because I'm, now that I'm in what I would classify and the world classifies as senior years, it's like there is a difference in that adulthood versus the senior years. Because in those senior years, you have some liberties that you forgot about. You have liberties that you used to talk about but didn't have. And so such as you don't, nest, you don't have to take kids to school and make sure they catch the bus. <laughs> you, I pass by schools and it's like, how many years was I in that bus line waiting to pick up somebody? When you're in those senior years, it's like I don't have to help them study for any final exams. It's like, wow, I actually, in your senior years, you actually have your time back. You actually have your money back. You can say, Where, what would you like to eat? It's like, I already decided what I wanted to eat. My husband's out of town, don't have any kids in the house. It's like, I think I want to eat. If I just wanted oatmeal cookies for dinner, I could get away with it. It's the joy of those senior years, and people just think, oh, you, oh, that's the old people. You, when you see those old, if you ever been on a cruise boat, half the cruise boat is filled with, quote, old people, and they just partying. <laughs> it's like, yep, call me old, but I'm partying. I'm going to this country and this country and this country while you're going to work. Amen. <laughs> 
So it's, I saw it as childhood season and adult season and senior, se, senior years, okay? So, but there are some powerful things we're going to learn from a childlike season. And regardless of the age that you're at, there's someone, there was a season that you have younger than where you are now. Even if you're 12 years old, you had a season where you're 8, 9, and 10. And you can learn from those principles when you were in your childlike season. So our question for today is what major lesson did you learn from your early seasons of life? What are those major lessons that you learned? The concept, you should learn a principle, you should grow mature. Then you should learn something else, then you should grow and mature. And so what did you learn from those major, uh, what, what did you learn from those early seasons of life? Now, most of what I'm going to teach from is going to be just from one verse. How many verses? One verse. And so I'm going to share that one verse with you in a moment. But before I do the one verse, I want to take you to a series of verses that I was, that was shared with me in my early stages of Christianity. Uh, we used to go to these small home group Bible studies, and they would talk about a chapter in 1 Corinthians that was called the love chapter. And it would be just these detailed teachings on this particular chapter. So it's always been a, cha a, a book and a, a chapter that just was so amazing to me because it was just so practical. So it's 1 Corinthians 13. It's not in your notes, but they're going to put it up on the screen for me. And, um, and it says... In 1 Corinthians 13 in New King James Version, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. Love is and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave unrudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, endures all things. Love never fails. I've had some young people sometimes ask me, well, how do I know if he really loves me? Or how do I, God says, how do I know if she really loves me? What does the Bible say? The Bible says love suffers long. It doesn't say love is jealous and envious and, and always asking you a bunch of questions. It says love suffers long and is kind, does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. If you want to understand what the definition of something is, check the word of God. God will give you that information, and then you will have no, no doubt. You'll be able to line them up. Okay, does he line up with the Word of God? Does she line up with the Word of God? And, and you can get your answer right then. And, but then later on, it says, our primary verse says in verse 11, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. So we're going to learn some lessons from a childlike season. And first of all, we'll see some needs that are present while you are in a childlike season. And by childlike, I want to go all the way back to the point of, of birth. When you think in terms of, of an infant, 
there are certain needs that are present in a child when they're in a childlike season. First of all, a child in childlike season needs easy to digest nourishment. You can't just give them whatever you have prepared for your Sunday morning meal and place that meal in front of an infant and say, eat. You know, and a child, an infant in a childlike season needs food that is easy to digest, easy to digest nourishment such as milk, such as eventually baby food or something that you put in the blender and all of that. You, you made this food that's easy for the baby to digest. So that's one of the needs in a childlike season. Another need in a childlike season is some extra gentle care. You can't just tell an infant and say, okay, time to get up now. Come on downstairs. No, you have to actually carry that child from location to location because that baby needs extra gentle care. You've seen people who are, don't even know how to hold a baby, and it's like, I'm afraid I'm going to break the child, you know. And it's like, no, you, you have to teach them how to support the baby's head. You've seen people try to hold an infant. They don't know about the head, and the baby's head is wiggling all over everywhere. And it's like, no, catch his head, catch his head. You know, they need extra gentle care. A child uh, in, these, in this stage needs uh, special protection. You can't just leave an infant in the crib and, and go to work and say, I'll be back in, in eight hours. I'll come back after work. No, they need extra protection. So that's just a few of the needs of a child, practical needs of a child. But in this verse, it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. What is the communication skills of a child? Communication skills of a child is very limited. It starts off as a cry. That's all a child has. Just remember, when, when, a, when a baby is born, right after he takes that first breath in, the very first sound that comes out is not, hey, what's up? That very first thing is a cry. That is their form of communication. Their communication is limited. Then their communication goes from crying to, you know, if they don't, if they're hungry or they're having an issue, you have the crying and you have the tears. All these things are going on. Then they get a little bit older, and then they'll have the, the crying and the tears. And then if you don't respond fast enough, they have learned something called the fallout. I don't know where they got that from. They couldn't have learned it from their parents. It's just something that's natural. It's like I'm crying. I'm crying. You're not getting it. So I'm going to throw my head back and cry. I'm going to just stretch out on the floor and cry and see if I can get some attention. You know, that's their limited communication until they get to the stage where they can, you know, start laughing. And then eventually there's a stage where there are certain consonants that will be, they begin to pronounce. That's why they say dad-dad first, not because dad-dad is their favorite. Hate to tell you that, brothers. But the problem, the thing is they learn that they're able to do that before they go mama, mama, ma. Okay? Even though I, I told them I was going to make mine say grandmama first. But, you know, it's a learning. It's seasons. It's stages that a child goes through that gives them ability to communicate properly. There's this video that I, I just saw, and I, I may have mentioned it to you guys before, but it's a video of this toddler who was trying to get the attention of his parents, and the crying wasn't going to work. So what he did was he kept walking past the door where his, his uh, parents were seated. He walked past the door, stand in the doorway, cry, and then fall out on the floor and, and have a tantrum. And then he'd look up and see, are they responding? And they're not responding. And so he got up 
Then he walked on the other side of the door. Then he decided he was going to make an entrance again. So he walked back in, got in the doorway, cried, did a fallout, then looked to see if they were responding. They didn't respond. I mean, if, you, if you're that good, you need to just say, Mom and Dad, I want some juice. You know, but that child had a skill on him because that was the only form of communication he had was crying, falling out. And I've seen parents try to punish a child who has limited communication, and you're like, they're just being bad. They're just spoiled. It's like, no, they are hungry. They are trying to tell you, you know, my finger is stuck in the door. You know, they're trying to tell you all these things. But when you're a child, you have limited communication. The verse again, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. There is very limited understanding when you are a child. You have to be taught the principle that, you know, fire burns and it will, this will hurt you. You know, you have to tell them, don't run in the street. Cars are dangerous. You have to teach them the principle. I've heard, it was, I was reminded when I heard a parent say that, the principle of stranger danger. You know, don't talk to strangers. And it can be confusing to a child. They're trying to understand, okay, you told me don't talk to strangers, but then this lady comes in that you call your Aunt Susie, and you tell her, go give Aunt Susie a hug and a kiss. And the child says, you told me stranger danger, yet you want me to go hug Aunt Susie. And then you say, if you don't go hug her, I'm going to beat you. You know, it's confusing to the children because as a child, you have limited understanding. So we saw the basic needs of a child, the limited communication of a child, and we see the limited understanding of a child. And then the verse also says, I thought as a child. What are the unique thoughts of a child? A child tends to remember just about everything you tell them if it's something that they want. A child will hold you to your promise. They will remember. They may not remember to brush their teeth, but they will remember that you promised them a candy or a surprise if they were good. My grandbaby is at that stage now where if you tell her surprise, she will not forget it. If you tell her she's getting an ice cream, she will not forget it. Now, she may forget some other things that I want her to remember, but when it's things that she really wants, she is going to remember. She, uh, if we tell her, uh, you're going to get a surprise, you know, when you get out of, out of school, she wants to know exactly what is the surprise. You promise a surprise, you know, and, and she thinks grand surprise. I don't, well, I blame her father, just in case you're watching, totally for that, in that with him being a person who works, he works um, Disney and in Nickelodeon. So, of course, you're always getting not only discount items at Disney and for Nickelodeon, you get sometimes free items. So he will say, Milani, I have a surprise for you. So she's, a, I mean, it could be anything from an outfit to a toy. He came home with this big mask head, you know, that one was a character and all sorts of things that she gets when she hears the term surprise. Now, when we say surprise, she's thinking something grand and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, all I got is a a popsicle, you know, but I have to make a big deal out of you have a surprise. It's like we, we had her one week and, and we told her, okay, we had her one week in Savannah and they live in Orlando. So I said, we had her one week in, in Savannah and we said, Milani, guess what? We're going to take you to the park today. 
So our definition of the park is a swing and a slide and all those wonderful things. And so Milani said, we're going to Disney? And I said, baby, no. We don't have no Disney in Savannah. You know, her definitions, but you bet whatever surprise you're talking about, you better make it grand. If it's, if, if, if it's a fruit snack in your pocket, say the surprise is a fruit snack. You, you better sing it. You better bring it in. You better bring it. Because as a child, a child will speak as a child, understand as a, stood as a child. I thought as a child. They remember whatever it is you say. But the verse, the rest, rest of the verse says, but, come on, say, but. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. But when I became an adult, but when I got older, but when I went in seasons, I went from the season of learning, growing, mature. Then I went to the next street, learn, grow, mature. Then I went to the next street, learn, grow, mature. So, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So my question is, are you still in a season of childish things? Now, when I first wrote this down, I was thinking, oh, I can remember, I can think of a lot of people that in my definition are in a season of childish things. I mean, it's him and her and my coworker, and I give a list of people. But God challenged me and said, no, 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 Diane, I don't want you to give a list of all the people that you think need to hear this verse because they're in a season of childish things. I want you to check yourself and see, okay, are, are you guilty of any of these things? Are you still, even though you're 61 years old, do you still have tendencies that will put you in the category of childish things? So I want you to do the same thing. As I go through these, I know the first thing that's going to come to your mind is some family member or coworker or your neighbor, but then pull your brain back in and say, God, help me check myself. So the first question is, do you accept only easy-to-digest biblical principles? Now, remember, the first point that I mentioned on a child is a child needs easy-to-digest nourishment. They can only take milk. Are you the person that can only take, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so? Or can God challenge you that that attitude is not right? Put it in check. Can God challenge you? Pastor calls it a stopper. Can God challenge you and say, I know what your mind want to say and your mouth want to say, but stop. Can God challenge you to forgive a person that you don't think deserves to be forgiven? Can God challenge you that when you and your spouse are having intense fellowship, can God challenge you to hush up? Can God speak to your heart and give you food that's beyond milk? Do you need only easy to digest biblical principles. If that is you, if that's me, it's possible that I'm still in a season of childish things. Do you require extra care? Remember I told you a baby has to be held a certain way. You have to hold them upright. You have to support the head. Even a toddler, you have to hold their hand so that they just won't, won't run out in the street. Do you require extra care? Does someone have to actually hold your hand in order for you to come to walk to church? Do they have to walk you to church? Do they have to encourage you to stop 
misbehaving. You're about to fight. You and another grown man in the street about to fight. And you're about to roll all over the ground because you disrespected me. Does someone have to come in all the time to calm you? Calm down. Chill, chill. That's what you have to do to a person who is in a season of childish things. Are you thinking for yourself, does someone have to walk you through every single thing? Does someone have to counsel you over and over and over again about the same issue? I don't know if any of you have ever seen a four-year-old walking around with a bottle in their mouth. Hey, Mom, I want something to drink. You know, and Mom pulls out a bottle, or sometimes she pulls out other things and <laughs> feeds the child, and the child is four. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, shouldn't he have progressed? Learn, grow, mature, learn, grow, mature. At least he should be in a cup with a straw or something about now. But sometimes as adults, we're the same way. We're living in a world, in a season of childish things. And people have to actually come alongside you and counsel you over the same things over and over. Please pray for me. I'm mad over and over. It's not fair over and over again. You may still be in a season of childish things. Do you only allow limited communication? Just like the child can barely say mama, dad, dad, bottle, whatever it is that they're saying. Are you only receiving limited communication? You're wondering why people don't talk to me. I don't understand. Or you're the kind of person who's always offended. Someone hurt your feelings. Someone, they're talking about me again. All of that goes on when you're an extremely insecure person and you don't have, you either having problems with communication or you're having problems receiving communication. A child who's in a childlike season, you're trying to tell, you know, a, a, a one-year-old, okay, a car is going to hurt you. You know, you can't just run out in the street, but they don't really understand what you mean. You could talk all day long about a car. You could talk all day long about fire, but sometimes it's when they experience that little bit of pain, you know, that they say, oh, I got that, you know, but you can't really communicate. They don't really understand it, and sometimes we as adults have not put aside childish things, and we have limited communication ourselves. And you may think, okay, a child is going to pout and be mad and have a tantrum and storm away and fold their hands. Got the, you've seen a child like, <laughs> doing all of this, and it's like, okay, that's a child. But I've seen some adults do the same thing. And you may, it may not be exactly like that, but it's a subtle childish communication. And that if you're angry with someone and they're coming, they're coming your way. It's like, child, she better go on now. He better go on now. I'm not playing. I'm Jesus, help me. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Go on now, go on. And then when they come to you anyway and say good morning, you just look at them and say. And a real bad one is they say, good morning, how are you? Got to do the, the noise. Grown people, grown people, that is equivalent to childish things. That's equivalent to a pout. That's equivalent to your lips being stuck out. That's equivalent to this. That's childish things. And I know your tendency is, I'm mad. I'm mad, and I, I want to say, my phrase is when people really get on me, I want to say, I ain't studying you. That's why I want to look at them in their face and say, you ain't right. 
you did me wrong, and I ain't studying you. But the Holy Spirit says, okay, are you going to put away childish things? I don't care if they're wrong or not. That, it's not up to you to judge whether they're right or wrong. Are you going to decide to act like a child? It's like, God, please just let me today act like one and tell them I ain't studying you and snap my neck to the side and walk away. That's what I want to do. But if I listen to the Holy Spirit, they'll say, okay, put aside childish things and say good morning. Is it going to hurt you to respond back? Is it going to hurt you to say, I'm good, I'm okay, I'll be all right? You, that's a decision that you must make. So you'll still, you're still in a season of childish things. If you can only accept easy-to-digest food, you need extra gentle care, just like a child, paralleling a child. You, don't, uh, you can only take limited communication. You don't want anyone to, to correct you, adjust you, change your words. You don't want anything like that. You need to see whether you're still in a season of childish things. Another way to see is, do you seem to not understand when challenged with a biblical principle that you don't want to do? There was a, a pastor came out of um, a series on the Ten Commandments. And it's amazing, as, as a child, you hear all about the Ten Commandments, but there's so much truth to it in that these are not just you know, a pack of do's and don'ts that the Bible has for you. It's things that God says, I want you to follow these things because they have the potential to hurt you. And, and if it's something that we like, it's like, oh, I have no problem with that. But if it's something that's kind of pressing a little bit, you act like, well, I don't really understand that principle. I do understand the principle that we shouldn't steal. But if my company has more pencils and pens than they can imagine, they are not going to miss my 12 pencils and pens that I needed because my, I don't have any and my kids need to go to school. They're not going to miss that. I worked overtime anyway, so they owe me at least $20 more so I could take about $20 more worth of pencils and pens. You know, you act like you don't understand a principle just because it's something you don't want to do. You know, it's amazing to me to say, well, you know, I know the Bible says, you know, in the Ten Commandments it says you're not supposed to lie. But, you know, I have to, it's just a little white lie, and, you know, God understands my heart and all of that. You tend to say, I don't quite understand, you know, God, what you're saying, and I know I have an exception on this particular point. I've had people to say, well, you know, I'm dating this person, and I know this person is married, but they are not happy. They are miserable. Their spouse is not treating them properly. And surely, apparently, since you brought that person to, into my life, that must be you, God, that says I can freely date this married person because he was sad. She was sad until they came into my life, and now they're happy. And the Jesus in me loves the Jesus in them. And you are making all these excuses trying to bypass a principle that you just don't want to receive. Bottom line, the person, if the paper say they married, they married. If the paper say, until they get a paper to say otherwise, you ain't supposed to be dealing with them. But... Because it's a principle that you don't want to accept, you act like, I'm just so confused. I don't really understand that principle, and surely, God, you're going to give me a waiver because this is an exception. That's a childish season, that you don't do something because you don't have enough understanding. And also, you are in a season of childish things 
if you believe every single thing that you hear and see. It's amazing the things that child's, child, a child believes, and they will hold on to it. It's like I have some younger years in here, so I can't tell too much, but there's, there's this story that we've all been told, you know, when snow starts to fall and you have the, the decorations and the lights in the house, and you know what month I'm talking about, and you're buying presents and all of this, and it's the story of this person who does these wonderful things for kids, and, and kids uh, will believe it, and all of us did too. Because it was told to us, because it was on television, because they had their own little show and holiday program. And then we have one that's coming into this particular season. You don't necessarily see stories about, you know, Jesus. You're going to see something about, you know, the wonderful Easter Bunny. And the Easter Bunny is going to make an appearance even in the mall. And all these various things that we are told as a child, even about the Easter Bunny, and the kids will believe every single word. Until they get to a season where they learn, grow, mature, learn, grow, mature, you tell them or they'll say, that's not, the, you know, you have a kid come and say, uh-uh, I heard, or Johnny said in school, such and such, and it's like, ooh, your bubble got bust. You know, they, someone told on you. You know, it says in Ephesians 4.14, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and by craftiness and deceitful scheming. You are no longer, if you move past a season of childish things, that you are not tossed to and fro by every single thing that's said and done. You need to, even if you said, my rule is if something sounds absolutely wonderful, if it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. But then there's some things that God does for you. It's like, golly, only God can do something like that. But God doesn't mind being checked and getting confirmations. You all of a sudden have, you know, a, hundred, uh, a thousand extra dollars in your account. You say, oh, look at God. Look what the Lord has done. Now, I know Lord does bless in special ways, but rarely does the Lord get your checking account number and make a direct deposit of a thousand dollars. Usually it's going to be, you know, someone is going to hand you a, a, a blessing or, or God is going to give you a pay raise on your job or, you know, a family member said, I want, I just, God laid it on my heart to just bless you with this thousand dollars. It's not going to just appear in your account like that. So a lot of people see, okay, it's a, it's a miracle. It's a blessing. God, you just so powerful. You just, just, and then next, you know, you go spend 800, a thousand dollars. Then this company, they, they even had this scheme going around where later on they come back and want all their money back. If it sounds too good to be true, you need to check it out before you go to the mall. The Bible says when you are no longer a child, you should not be tossed to and fro believing every single thing that comes your way. Our tendency is when we are kids, we hear things and we believe, and even when we come to church and we hear and believe, and we know about Jesus and we hear all the Bible stories, but then when we hit college... College, that's when those professors start feeding you principles that make you begin to doubt your own faith. You begin to question, is there a God? I went through a season of science classes, and it was like, after they just fed you so much information, it's like, well, God, they seem to have a lot of facts going on here, you know, but I, I know you're real, but it's like it's a battle in your head. And so I had, you have to go ahead and answer the questions. 
What, if they said you came from a monkey, you better write on that test, I came from a monkey and this the kind of monkey. You do not say, well, I serve Jesus and the Bible did not say that. And so, you know, Jesus is my creator. You put that on that test if you want and you will not pass your class. So you have that season where a lot of young people, when they get to be in that young adult age and they start hearing these doctrine and, and beliefs and various things, they tend to be con that conflict the various things you've heard earlier. What I discovered as I went into school, even though they told me all these various things and, and how, how things were created and you had the amoeba and it, then things went from the single cell to, to multiple cells and then eventually it, it started, decided it was going to go from the sea to the land and then all of a sudden sprout wings. And, and it's like, how did you get all of these all of a sudden? Where did the all of a sudden come from? But I promise you, I didn't write on none of my tests and Jesus did it. You know, God is, God did it. And I, I just put whatever it is, the wings came popping out, you know, and this creature or whatever. I just said all that. But what it did was when you did, when you go back and say, well, how did that happen? And where did that come from? And where, well, it's the Big Bang. Well, where did Big Bang come from? You know, all those things. You don't sit there and argue with a teacher, you know, about it. No, you don't let them ch just challenge your faith and you are like a child being tossed to and fro. You said, no, 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 no. I'll answer your question, but I know that God is the source of everything. Amen. And you don't let them change your faith. If you are wavering and you're believing in every single thing, every single infomercial, every single cartoon that comes on, every single thing a person comes to tell you, you're being uh, wavered to and fro like a child. So we see the verse, when I was a child, I thought of a child, I thought like a child, I understood as a child, I spoke as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Notice that the verse says, you have to purposely put it away. You have to make that decision that I'm not going to accept this behavior. I'm not going to accept this attitude. I have learned I have grown, I have matured. I'm sure most of you, if you're like me, you got most of your, your uh, speeding tickets and car accidents fell between the age of 18 and 24. It's because during that time, you don't really believe yet. You played so many arcade games and so forth and driving games, you think you can just swerve in and out of traffic, go as fast as you can to get to your destination and there are no consequences. But once you had your first ticket and your second ticket and your third and fourth ticket and mom and dad are no longer paying for it and you have to pay it for yourself, a light bulb comes on and says, okay, I will learn, grow, and mature. I learn, grow, and mature. I realize now that if I just tear up these tires, mom and dad are not going to replace my tires. I have to pay for a tire. How much is a tire? Hundreds of dollars. I thought they said it was $20. No, you learn, grow, and mature. That's what happens. And so we see it says in order to learn, once you really learn, grow, and mature, you have to put away these childish tendencies. We must make sure that our transition, our transformation is not just in appearance only, but it must be in life itself. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became an adult, I put away childish things. Verse 12 says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. 
If you've ever been in a room and the lights are dim, you can't really see everything clearly in a mirror. But once the light comes on, you can see clearly. If you're taking a shower and there's a mist in the room and the mirror is steamed, you can't see clearly. But once it dissipates, everything dries out, you don't even have to wipe it down. If it dries out, all of a sudden you can see clearly. For we now see clearly. We now see in a mirror dimly. But, from, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. Clarity comes as you go from season to season. And then verse 13 says, Now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. We must abide in faith, and by abide it means to obey and follow. Just like you have to, in the verse it says, you have to put away childish things. You have to choose to abide, follow, obey, and faith, abide in hope, abide in love. But the greatest of these things is love. Learning from a season of a childlike season is absolutely powerful. You can learn all the pros and all the cons of a childlike season. In this verse, we learn when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But at some point, you have to say, God, I'm going to take that childish thing, that childish way, put it to the side, and I'm going to move forward. I had um, a season where I, am just, I just love chewing gum. You know, even today, I would, I'd love, absolutely love chewing, chewing gum. And so, but I was the gum master. Not only just regular gum, but I could get those big bubble gums and put it in my mouth and chew. Then get another big bubble gum, add it. You know, you don't want to get rid of the old gum. You want to just have an addition and just add more and more. Next thing you know, your jaw is all big, and you're just chewing. And I just love gum, so I would have gum, whether it was a little piece or a lot of gum. And eventually, my jaw started making all kinds of noises. And I'm thinking, what is the deal with that? Now, of course, I understood gum was filled with sugar. Didn't care. You know, I knew, you know, that it could ruin my teeth. I didn't care, you know. But all of a sudden, why is my jaw making noise? Even when I'm not chewing gum, it's still making noise. Finally went to the dentist, and the dentist said, well, you know, is it possible that you are just talking too much somewhere? And I said, well, I'm a school teacher. I have to talk. You know, I, I need a job. I have to talk, and that's what I do. And so he said, and I, I said, well, also on weekends, you know, I, I sing. I do praise and worship and all of that. And so he said, well, what about gum chewing? And it's like, yeah, I guess I choose. I didn't tell him the extent of my gum chewing habit. Say yes. He said, well, you're going to have to give up something. So I said, okay, I'll give it up. Now, does that mean that, that I'm classifying that as a season of childish things? No, a bunch of, a lot of you in here chewing gum, and I don't want you to swallow it trying to hide your gum. Just, it's not, but I'm saying as for me, having a mouthful of gum going at it almost all day long, God said, okay, it's time for me to take that thing, and I'm going to have to put aside this childish thing because it's not so much the gum is childish, even though to have a wad of gum in your mouth is, is a bit there. But the main thing is that I'm, a, I'm allowing myself to be harmed and didn't care. You know, so I had to make a decision. Okay, I'm going to take this thing and I'm going to put it to the side. And now I've just experienced a moment of growth. 
I learned something. I learned that the gum was the reason why my jaw was clicking. I had to grow. I had to mature. So there are things God will reveal to you, you know, that, yeah, I was a child, spoke as a child, and still as a child, but I have to decide what is that thing for me, not for your neighbor, not for your spouse, not for your coworker. What are those things for me that I'm going to have to lay aside and put away childish things so I can grow properly? 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have the faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and give my body to be burned, and I'm bragging and telling everyone about it, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind and does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, is not rude, does not speak its own, does not provoke, thinks no evil, and does not rejoice in iniquity. The power and the lessons that's learned within a simple chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, where it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I put aside, put away childish things. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for his word. Please stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being in not only a country where we can hear your word, but thank you, Lord God, for being in a church, in a ministry where your word is so valuable. We're not here just because we're a part of some big club or a big fellowship gathering or an opportunity to see my friends before, you know, we go back to school or whatever it is, Lord God. But it's a, a place where your word is valuable and your word is seen as a life manual. And we thank you for this life manual. Lord God, I thank you for being a God who loves us wherever we are in our seasons of life. But because you so love us, You've given us principles and insight and, and reminders so that we can learn something, we can grow and mature. You've challenged us, Lord God, to don't just remain in infancy, that you don't want us to just be individuals who just stay on the bottle all the time but, and just feeding on milk. Your word is also considered as bread, and your word is also considered as meat, Lord God. So even in the description of your word, you're challenging us to learn, grow, and mature. Lord God, we just so thank you for your living word. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. In Jesus' name.